0: Okay, so uh, we're now going to talk about the the purpose of relationships. Um, So I did this very seminar, very close to it, like, I don't know, three and a half years ago or so, three years ago. Uh, It was just for some youth then, many of whom are now out of the youth ministry, but for that... uh, Kayla Hembry, You might know the Hembree's. She was a youth leader then, and she and I made some videos of some dialogues, some hypothetical dialogues from this book. And, um, first of all, this was before Memo was really doing anything with video as the video grandmaster that he is now. Uh, and also it was like 2012, so it might as well, we might as well have been cavemen. Um, so, uh, Why don't you just excuse the very, very poor quality of these videos and our pretend coffee shop that's in the hall at the end of, well, at the end of the hall there. Uh, But just, you know, just pay attention to the content, not necessarily the ambiance. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll just let this video kick off our second session, if we can.
1: Hey, Kayla. Hey, Nathan. Thanks for meeting me. You're welcome. It's good to see you.
0: I heard through the grapevine that you might have a new boyfriend. Is that
1: right? I do. Um, His name's Tom. We've been going out for three weeks now.
0: Cool. I just wanted to get together to hear about him. Tell me about him.
1: Well, he's 25. He's a law student at UNM and um, he loves music and he loves Jesus. And we seem to have a lot in common.
0: Cool. So can can I maybe ask like a personal question about your relationship with him? Sure. Maybe even about your physical relationship?
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Well, like, has he kissed you yet?
1: <sighs> that might be a little awkward. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be awkward. I
0: mean, there's nothing wrong with kissing, right?
1: Um, no, there's nothing wrong with kissing. Um, There might be something wrong if you went further than that.
0: What do you mean, further than that, or how far is too far?
1: Oh, well, I don't oh. know. I just know that there's things that you shouldn't do.
0: Huh, how, do you, how do you figure out what you should or shouldn't do?
1: I don't know. I mean, I know that you have to save sex for marriage. That's for sure.
0: Okay so no sex with tom but then everything else is okay
1: yes well no i mean i guess there are things that you should stop short of before sex
0: okay well let's, let's try to figure that out then let's say you and tom go out on a date uh it's a fun night dinner to a movie and all that and he uh, brings you home and when he's dropping you off at your house he wants to give you a light goodbye kiss that's okay absolutely okay um Maybe prolonged kissing, more than a goodbye kiss. Maybe not even, we wouldn't even call it French kissing or making out, but prolonged kissing. We're okay with that?
1: Yeah, I think that's fine.
0: Okay, well, then what about making out with him? French kissing, is that okay?
1: Um, I think since we're in a committed relationship, I would say yes, but I would stop, you know, after that.
0: Well, why stop there? What, what's the problem? How do you figure out?
1: I don't, know. well, I think I would just need to pray about it, but for me, I wouldn't feel comfortable going. Than French
0: okay, so you're you're forming the line of what you should or shouldn't do on how you feel or if you feel comfortable with it. Is is that it? I guess so. Hmm, okay. Well, what if what if you've got a girlfriend? She's been dating her boyfriend for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, she feels totally comfortable with making out with her boyfriend. Maybe even much more than that. Is is that okay for her to do that since she's prayed about it and feels comfortable with it?
1: I guess so, but what about her boyfriend? What if he doesn't feel comfortable, or what if kissing or French kissing makes him more tempted to do other things that he shouldn't do?
0: Hmm. What if what if, what if he's prayed about it? What if he feels comfortable with it? They both feel comfortable with doing much more than making out and stopping short of sex, but much more than that is, that, is that okay for them to do that?
1: Honestly, I don't know.
0: Huh. I guess even if Even if that's wrong for them to do, I don't know how we could convince them otherwise to do that, or to not do that. I don't don't know. know. I don't either. Huh, I don't know. Uh, Let me see if I can, all right. Uh, Okay, so Kayla showed us that we actually really do have subjective standards in our relationships. So um, I had several girlfriends in high school and here's the advice that I received from uh, many people in my life. My dad told me, hey, just don't date till you're 16, okay? Uh, it's no, There's no point anyway. Like, I'd have to drive you around, and that's just weird, right? Uh, so uh, just wait till you're 16, and then that's about all I got, okay? Uh, you know, from... Just being in Christian self-culture, I got the advice, hey, don't have sex. Okay, thank you. Uh, and then uh, I, had, um, I had one youth leader saying, hey, just don't kiss. Uh, or then another youth leader said, what was really helpful for me was uh, nothing horizontal. Uh, so I took that to heart, and then with girlfriends, got very creative on what we could do vertically while staying vertical on the couch. Um, The author's youth pastor uh, in this book uh, gave him a slippery slope argument. Um, It's very hard to pull the emergency brake when you're already careening down the hill, right? So don't start careening down the hill and then you won't have to pull the emergency brake. Um, Or perhaps you've heard or read or something, if it causes you to lust, don't do it. Uh, Who was right? That's like a thousand pieces of advice for physical relationships and dating. Uh, what should I have done and how should I have thought as a high school guy and how should Kayla uh, think about Tom, right? Um, the, the authors say this. Um, they're quoting another guy in a popular dating book. And he says, you may want me to tell you in much more detail exactly what's right for you when it comes to physical boundaries. But in the end, you have to stand before God. That's why you must set your own boundaries according to His direction for your life. To keep my mind and body pure, I chose not to kiss my wife until the day we were engaged. I'm not saying this has to be one of your boundaries too. I want you to build your own list of sexual standards. Basically, you're on your own, folks. Good luck, right? Uh, It's up to you to figure out what is wisdom. But... What do the Proverbs have to say about the young man who trusts in his own wisdom? He is a fool, right? Um, and so I'm, I, I worry that when we are, the advice that we're given is just pray about it and figure out what's good for you, we're acting very foolishly. God hasn't given us a, a um, list of physical standards for dating relationships, right? We think most sex or most dating books seem to say so pray about it figure it out well we don't have a list of physical and physical boundaries and norms for dating if we're looking for a hard line drawn in the sand if we're looking for, if we're looking for that we're not going to find it but god in his word does give us plenty Plenty of principles that we can then apply in how we begin to think about dating and as we prepare for a possible marriage. So I want to think through uh, the fact that in the Bible, there are three biblical categories for male and female relationships, okay? Three of them. The first one is... The family relationship, right? So anyone who's in your family. So perhaps a mother and a son or a father and a daughter, sister and brother, cousins, that those familial relationships. Leviticus 18.6, none of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. Uncover nakedness being a euphemism for sexual relationships. So today we Basically know that, right? You don't, maybe perhaps, but we do not find this command uh, all that unusual or even necessary, right? Something that we intuitively know, I'm not going to do something with a sister or a cousin or an aunt or a mom, right? We intuitively know that. So, family relationship, the first category of male-female relationships. No sex, clear, good, moving on. The second category that we have is the marriage relationship. So within the context of marriage, sexual relationships or sexual relations are not only permissible, but they're actually commanded, 1 Corinthians 7. Paul tells husbands and wives not to withhold themselves. As we've seen, sex isn't just a good safeguard, but it's a type that points us to the gospel. So sex and marriage is great. We've already said that. Good so far? No sex in family, lots of sex in marriage. Cool, moving on. Uh, and our last category here is the neighbor relationship. This is every other relationship that you have with another guy or a girl, uh, depending on who you are, that isn't in your family or is not your spouse, okay? We've seen why sex should be saved for marriage and only marriage, And in 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul tells you that it is God's will for you to avoid sexual immorality. That's a pretty big, bold, blanket statement. This is God's will for you, that you avoid sexual immorality. And then you may be thinking, yeah, 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 I know, but I've got this girlfriend, and what, I mean, how far is too far, right? Uh, The problem is that too often we limit our understanding of sexual immorality to sexual intercourse, right? We do this in our own uh, minds and subconsciousness, subconsciousness and we do this uh, very publicly as well. I mean, you guys may have not even been born but Bill Clinton very publicly said I did not have sexual relations with that woman, right? When everybody was like well, yeah, I guess technically but yeah, well, right? Um, uh, so the answer to how far is too far and I think we should begin to think through is this. Uh, if an activity is sexual, it is to be abstained from in the neighbor relationship. There's more, and we'll talk more about this, there is more uh, in the sexual activity category than just sexual intercourse. Okay, great. So which activities then are sexual, we might ask? Well, in 1 Timothy 5, verse 2, Paul tells Timothy to treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. He's telling this as the pastor of the Ephesian church and then I think for his people, the men in his church, to model that he's to treat the older women as mothers and he's to treat the younger women as sisters. So Paul suggestively ties this familial treatment of the opposite sex with absolute purity. So most hopefully Paul is linking together the familial treatment of women to the neighbor category. He's connecting the family category and the neighbor category, okay? So if Timothy is committed to living a life of absolute purity with the women in his church, those in the neighbor relationship, right, then his conduct toward the women in this church must be carried out within a familial framework of purity. Okay, so what are we saying here? That there are ways... Go with me on this. There are ways that if you are a, a young woman that you could kiss your dad, right? And it wouldn't be weird at all. I hope you young ladies still kiss your dad. There are ways in which a father can kiss his daughter and it's not weird at all, right? Uh, or even hold their hand. But there's a line that you and everyone else would know that you crossed, everyone in the room would know uh, that makes it inappropriate, right? Or your sister, a guy and a girl, a brother and sister could actually like, walk down the hall holding hands. People would be like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but it wouldn't be that weird, right? Uh, but there's a line in which we all know, the brother and sister and everybody within like two miles of them would know, whoa, 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 that's really inappropriate, right? Why? Because they're family. Uh, A line gets crossed that everybody intuitively knows. And why does everyone intuitively know that that is inappropriate within the family category? Because I think the answer is it's sexual in nature. It's absolutely not sexual intercourse, but there is something happening between two people that is like, I don't even know how you want to call it, sexual energy, sexual urging towards one another, right? Um, here's the deal. If sexual immorality was just limited to sexual intercourse, then it would be totally appropriate for me to go make out with other women that are not Marcy, right? It's cool. I'm, I'm not having sex with them, so you can't call that inappropriate, Right? So, but why would it be wrong? Everyone would know if I, on a Sunday morning, you saw me kissing another woman, everyone would be like, what are you doing? And in fact, I would probably be, well, not probably, I would be removed from eldership and I would lose my job and I would probably have to move back to Texas, right? Uh, Like that is crazy. What does that guy think he's doing? Everyone knows that's inappropriate, because everyone knows that I'm dabbling in, perhaps not even dabbling, engaging in sexual behavior with another person. So here's the point: that it's possible for an activity to be less than sexual intercourse and still be sexual in nature. We' on the same page so far? And this is why, when we read Paul saying in 1 Thessalonians 4, to avoid sexual immorality, his audience would have clearly understood this to mean not just don't have sex kids." right In this culture, in this first century culture, uh, there would have been no such category for a young man going and going to a uh, a young lady's house and picking him up picking her up in his chariot or something right and cruising the strip and going out and finding the makeout overlook and then bringing her home like i'm fairly confident that the Thessalonian readers would have understood the making out over the overlook of Thessalonica to be a sexual immorality right uh, and these are they. These are the things in which Paul is telling them to avoid. Another very poorly done, but somewhat decent video. <laughs> <sighs> okay, that hey. looks good.
1: Yeah, so that's for dessert tonight for the party. Okay, uh, it needs to defrost, so just leave it. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Leave it alone. I'll take care of it later. Okay. Got it. Okay, I'm gonna be in the other room working on stuff.
0: All right. I didn't swallow, it's all there, it can be rebuilt, um, I, I didn't swallow, I did not have, I didn't have eating relations with that pie.
1: (laughs) You know what I meant.
0: So, uh, (laughs) I think that's to say, uh, that in, in Thessalonica, uh, that, uh, they know what he meant, right? J.J. should have known what Danielle meant, right, of not eating the pie. Did he actually eat the pie? Well, not technically, right, but he ate the pie, right? So the point is, here we go. Now, this is where you're going to start to get a little uh, uncomfortable because I'm clearly like a Puritan living in 2016 America. But here's the point. Listen to me. If a man would not feel comfortable engaging in a particular activity with his sister, because by doing so, it would be sexually inappropriate, then that action is sexual in nature and should be avoided in the neighbor relationship. Meaning, anyone who is not your husband or your wife, or if you're a girl, if anyone is not your uh it's not your husband or your brother or sister, then that person remains in the neighbor category and then is to be treated within the, just like Paul linked the neighbor and the family categories together, those categories should have the same levels and expectations of purity. So even if, even if you are by God's grace stopping short of sexual intercourse, stopping short of more intense sexual expression, you're still engaging in sexual behavior if you're doing something that you would not be comfortable doing with your brother or your sister. And we might say, if you're engaging in sexual behavior, uh, sexual immorality, that with Paul, you're still engaging in sin. So I'm not suggesting that making out or cuddling is the same as sex, right? There's... On the road, but it's not quite the same. Any more than Jesus in his teaching on lust or adultery meant to suggest that lust carries the exact same consequences as adultery. But they're still coming from the same heart. They're still coming from the same uh, source. The consequences are greater with murder than they are with just hatred in your heart, but they're still hatred. So I'm saying that sexual intercourse carries greater consequence than perhaps just making out, but there's still sexual immorality. There's still sexual behavior, which is to be avoided in the neighbor category. So, uh, yeah, in the same way, yeah, making out, well, not the same as premarital sex uh, is just the beginning, is, is the beginning of Premarital sex and as such is sin. So, lesser expressions of bigger sins are still sins. That was Jesus' point about lust, about murder, hatred, and that's our point about making out another forms of physical expression. God calls us to absolute purity. So, let's not even, as Christians who are now not our own, but who belong to another and as we think about our sexual behavior on a vertical plane first and then on a horizontal plane, let's not even put our toe into sexual immorality. Which, by the way, this carries just loads and loads of implications and ramifications, especially for young men and older men with pornography as well. Uh, We are to treat all people women and men who are not uh, our spouse or our brother and sister as if they are in the neighbor category. And that certainly, certainly applies to someone on a computer screen. So, um, so it's not only sin to, I think, and again this sounds so weird, and we'll talk more about this, why this feels weird in a little bit, but this sounds so weird in 2016 in America to be talking about, okay, what well, there's there's actually a way that I can hold someone's hand that would be inappropriate with my sister, so therefore that's to be avoided. That sounds crazy, right? Uh, but not only that, but a physical relationship in the neighbor category inevitably leads to sexual and emotional frustration, which then in turn leads to further sexual temptation. So I have this on your sheet there that I heard this, I didn't make this up, but a physical or romantic relationship in the neighbor category is like going to the grocery store with no money. You'll either take what's not yours or just leave frustrated. So seriously, if you walk into Smith's starving, you you missed lunch and it's like four o'clock in the afternoon, but you have no cash and you have no credit card. That would be a silly thing for you to do. What are, you gonna, what are your two options? You're gonna get so overwhelmed by the smell of that, I don't know, baked bread and rotisserie chicken or something that you're gonna grab a pack of Oreos and like sneak out or something because you're so hungry or you're just gonna go stand in front of those spinning rotisserie chickens and look like, I don't know, those old Looney Tunes like we've got chickens in our eyes or something and you're going to get so frustrated and you're just going to leave mad and this is inevitably I'm convinced especially when we talk more about this um, with you college and singles but especially you high schoolers there's two options for you if you enter a dating physical relationship for right now sin or frustration there's, I don't think that there is a third category We can talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, Sin or frustration. That you're going to uh, either push the line, push the line, push the line, uh, and actually begin engaging in activity that is sexual or you're just gonna get so mad and then the relationship probably goes sour or you get frustrated. You just get frustrated, right? Why can't I be out of high school? Why Why won't my parents let me do this or whatever, right? So, here's the deal. Before going on, uh, we need to think about a big category, a big broad category of biblical conviction. Uh, There are undoubtedly some of you who are already bristling at this, right? Coming to this was an absolutely awful idea, (laughs) right? Uh, That, yeah, this guy up here who's still living in the 1600s uh, just told me that uh, if I hold my boyfriend's hand in such a way that's engaging in sexual activity. Yeah, that's, that, that, yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> uh, so coming to this was a terrible idea. Uh, there are probably several of you who came wanting to know what the rules were, right? What's allowed? What's not allowed? Maybe you don't even want to be here, but your parents made you be here, right? Uh So hopefully we can help begin thinking more clearly about what the rules and boundaries are, but we want to be more thinking through as we think in all of these conversations about not just what's allowed and what will my parents allow me to do, but what does God want from me? What does God desire for my life and my relationships? So this is why I hope that you leave here today thinking more about conviction, We want to be, we want to begin to agree with these principles, uh, but not just because either your parents are forcing them on you, or it's like the cultural expectation of Desert Springs Church, and we've got this dating culture that feels like it's from New England in the 1600s, right? Uh, We don't want that. We want you to actually want this for yourself, because you become convinced that this is what God has for you, and this is God's best for you. So we want to have biblical conviction. Uh, Josh Harris, he defines biblical conviction as this. Heart level, settled belief before God that doesn't change with your environment. So perhaps uh, in the last several years this has kind of become a a culture within the youth ministry of dating. But what happens when your your environment changes, right? You move away and you go to college. Now, the cultural expectation is perhaps not the same. Do you, go with the, do you go with the culture then that changes with you? Or are you, at a heart level, uh, have settled belief that this is actually what God wants and you are convinced, in the same root as convicted, convinced and convicted that this is what is right. So, compliance to the rules is not the goal here, Right? As soon as your environment changes, you've checked out. We don't want compliance. And conformity to our culture isn't the, the mode here either. If you're not convinced, if you're not convinced that what I just described about sexual behavior, sexual immorality, neighbor and family relationships, if you're not convinced that, that, that God has put these safeguards in your life for your good, and listen, actually for your joy... Uh, then you won't love these relational norms that we've just begun talking about. You'll hate them, and you'll be annoyed, and you'll hate that one morning in February, the day before Valentine's, and ruined everything, uh, that you came and heard all this stuff, right? Uh, You won't love them, because here's the deal. You'll begin to think that God or your parents have put all of these rules and boundaries in your life to squash your joy. And don't we sometimes think that way? That God has given these these laws and commands from on high because he hates us to have fun, right? And he doesn't want us to be happy. Don't we find ourselves thinking that? All the time, right? But that's not true, God has created us and put laws and commands for us for our increased joy. So think about it. If, you, if the only two options in a certainly a high school dating romantic relationship are sin or frustration, are either one of those joy? No! Sin leads to more sin, which means, leads to more turning from God, which, as the source of joy, cannot mean joy. It leads to a guilty conscience, a seared conscience, and further separateness from God. Not joy. Or, if you're trying to do what's right and God-honoring, but you're in this kind of relationship, you're only getting more and more frustrated and angry. Not joy. So unless we become convinced that God has given us these norms and given us these uh, boundaries for our actual joy in him, then we won't actually love them. We'll hate them, and we'll just think that, we'll just get annoyed and think that God is out to crush us, right? So more on this later. Okay. So I should avoid any kind of sexualized relationship, right? Uh, But can I date? And what does that look like? Let's let Kayla help us. So, Tom sounds like a cool guy.
1: He is. I like him a lot.
0: And, well, tell me about like what it means that you two are dating. What does that mean?
1: Okay. Well, dating is just a term that means that um, we're attracted to one another and that we're explicit and exclusive in our relationship.
0: But, like, the actual word dating, that means you just go out on dates with them? Mm-hmm. Or?
1: Yes, but it's more than that. Because you can go out on dates with someone who's just your friend and not be dating.
0: So, two people, a guy and a girl, can go on dates, hang out together, but not be dating. Is that right? Yeah.
1: I mean, two friends can go out, um, not because they're attracted to one another, but just because they want to hang out. Um, It'd be like me hanging out with one of my girlfriends.
0: Okay. So you can have a guy and a girl who are just friends still hang out together a lot, and a guy and a girl hang out together a lot who are dating, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm just thinking about if, like, the couple who are just friends and the couple who are dating, like we could look at them and they both talk to each other on the phone several times a week, they spend every Friday night together. Like, what's the difference between those two couples?
1: Okay. Um, Well, I think the, the couple that's actually dating would have some sort of physical aspect to their relationship.
0: Okay, so there's something physical, that's what distinguishes the friend relationship and the dating relationship? Yeah. Well, what if the friend couple, the friend relationship, Uh, when they're together, they just like to kiss. They're not dating or committed to each other, but they kiss each other. Is that bad?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be weird because they're just friends. Um, Either they actually are attracted to one another and need to start dating, or they just have a really messed up relationship. (laughs) Why why is
0: that so messed up though? What if they just enjoy each other, and while they're together, they also happen to enjoy kissing each other? Why is that so wrong?
1: Well, I think that it definitely happens, but I think it it is wrong. Because I think kissing is special and needs to be reserved for um, a couple in a relationship. Um, Hmm. If you just pass out kisses to anyone, it trivializes it.
0: So you're saying you think it's wrong for people who are just friends to kiss each other. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, well, let's say you came to a church social, met a new single guy leader, uh, after, like, one of our film and theology nights. Okay. You talk for 15 minutes after the movie, and it's clear that he kind of likes you. Uh, you're kind of into him, too. And he walks you out to your car in the parking lot, and he moves in to give you a good night kiss. Would it be okay for him to do that?
1: Well, first of all, Tom would be a little irritated. Right, forget about Tom, Buzz. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, it's just, maybe you're not dating Tom, and okay. this happens. Okay, okay,
1: um, Well, I think I would be a little uncomfortable. Um, Even if I liked him, we would have just met. I don't think it would be right.
0: So it's because you don't know each other well and because you just met that it's not right? Right. So let let me sum this up then. See if I can recap here. You think it's wrong for two people who are just friends to kiss, and you also think it's wrong for people who have just met or don't know each other that well to kiss. Is that right? Right. So it seems to me like you've got a pretty uh, conservative or strict view Of kissing and sexual morality um, with friends or people who have just met, but a pretty, pretty, maybe a more relaxed view of kissing and uh, sexual morality for people who are in a committed dating relationship. Is that right?
1: I guess that's right.
0: I mean I get that we have different standards for different kinds of relationships. I'm just wondering if We think that God has a different standard of purity and sexual morality um, for committed dating relationships than he does for friends.
1: That's possible. I've never really thought of it that way.
0: And that's hard. I don't know. So you see what we were trying to get after? That we seem to have different standards uh, and expectations for sexual morality for those who are in a committed dating relationship and those who are not, right? Um, so unlike previous generations, which understood the term dating to refer to something that a guy and a girl did, right, going on dates, the modern concept means something that a guy and a girl are, right? They are dating, They, which means they are in a committed relationship with one another. So in other words, like we said, dating, uh, let me get that off, uh, Dating is used to distinguish romantic relationships from non-romantic relationships, right? The way that we use the word today. If you are in a dating relationship with someone, that means you are in a uh, romantic, very likely physical relationship with this person, but not with all of those other people that you're not dating, right? So, uh, which category of the three that we've given Does the dating relationship fit in? Family, marriage, or neighbor? I fear that we've just kinda, just kinda smashed it uh, right in between the marriage and the neighbor relationship, right? We've made up a category, so we have to make up the rules also. So the rationale goes something like this, that a dating relationship is more than a neighbor relationship, right? I've got lots of relationships with all these neighbors. Say if I'm a high school girl, I've got all of these uh, neighbor relationships out there with lots of high school guys, but there's this one that I am dating, so there's something more about that relationship with that guy that's different than all of the other neighbors that I have, right? So surely some level of sexual expression is permitted because it's more than just the neighbor relationship. However, it's not the marriage relationship, right? We're not married yet, hopefully. Uh, So it's not quite on par with the marriage relationship. So obviously sexual intercourse is out, right? We're not married yet, but we're hopefully going to get there. We're more than the neighbor, but we're not quite married, so... More, than, more, more sexual expression than just the neighbor relationship, but not full sexual intercourse because we're not married. Therefore, the standards of purity for a dating relationship must be somewhere more than just friends, but not quite husband-wife. Right? This is, since we've made up the category, we make up the rules. And these are the rules that we've seemed to have made up as Christians in the 21st century. Um, so here's the point. This is what we're driving at. That the Bible is silent about sexual boundaries within a dating relationship precisely because God does not view a dating relationship as something distinct from the neighbor relationship. The fact that we even ask how far is too far, the very fact that that's a question that we really struggle with often and always in our dating relationship, is an indication that we view a dating relationship as distinct from the family or the neighbor relationship, right? We don't have to ask how far is too far with our cousins, do we, right? We all know, (laughs) everyone knows how far is too far with your cousin, right? And that's the point. Uh, What I said earlier, if someone would not feel comfortable doing that, with a cousin or a brother or a sister, then it's sexual in nature and should be therefore avoided in the neighbor category. So as far as God's concerned, all unmarried people are bound to the same standards of purity he has defined in the neighbor relationship. So regardless of what we may call uh, another person for whom we have feelings, right? A boyfriend or a girlfriend, a courtship target? Uh, uh, Whatever, someone you're courting, someone you're, someone, maybe it's just perhaps an unspoken, hey, we're not dating because our parents won't let us, but we're, right? Uh, uh, Regardless of what we call it, we're still bound by the purity guidelines of the neighbor relationship. Okay? So, uh, we're going to I know that I've just opened a huge can of worms and you probably have more questions now. Uh, We'll do... Okay, here's the deal. We're going to take another break. uh, And I'm going to try to answer, hopefully, nearly all of the questions that you have swimming around in your brains, okay? Um, And then after that, uh, after this next one, which will be our last, we'll we'll probably be done before noon. um, We'll do some Q&A. All right, so you guys can ask the questions that you have swimming if I don't answer those in our last session, okay?